So check it out, Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, repent, one action, and be baptized, two actions, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's three separate actions. So anybody who tells you, oh, you don't have to be baptized, it says clearly that if you're not baptized, you will be damned in the Bible and Mark, and it's not talking about... um being baptized in the Holy Spirit. You see here, it's three separate actions. You repent, uh, you were baptized, and then you receive the Holy Ghost. Then you receive the Holy Spirit. All right, so we get into a couple other verses that I want to read for you. And then we know John 3 says, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit, or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Mark 16, because some people, they just, you give them this verse and they just overlook it. They brush it to the side. 16, 17. Uh, and he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So Marcus Rogers says that if you're not baptized, that you're condemned and on your way to hell? <laughs> what? Said no verse ever. Well, welcome to Real Talk with Jordan Riley, where the real talk does not come from me, it comes directly from God's word. And that was false teacher Marcus Rogers, who claims that if you don't get baptized, you're damned, you're on your way to hell. What did he say? And he cites Acts 2.38 and Mark 16 verses 15 and 16, totally out of context, by the way. So let's look at this because so many people are having problems with this. And I'm gonna answer the question absolutely very clearly in this episode, is baptism required for salvation? Stay with me to the end because there is so much good information in this episode. Let's get started. First of all, you heard again Marcus Rogers talk about Mark 16 verses 15 and 16. There's two problems with that. Number one, Mark 16 ends at verse eight. There is no nine through 20. Now it's in your Bible in parentheses, but if you were to study the earliest manuscripts that have been found closest to Jesus' time, the, the Bible in Mark, Mark 16, ends at verse 8. And even 9 through 20 doesn't even sound like Mark. It's not what Mark would say. It doesn't go with the verbiage and terminology he uses. It was, it's, it's absolutely clear that a scribe wrote that later. So it is not authorized text. But let's go further. If you notice in verse 16, which is the one in question, Mark 16, 16, if it was authorized text. Let's just play this game for just a second. Marcus says that, hey... You know what? If you don't believe and you're not baptized, you're damned. You're condemned. You're not going to heaven. You're going to hell. Go look at verse 16, Marcus. It says, he that believeth not is condemned. It has nothing to do with baptism. Marcus Rogers is a liar who is twisting God's word. So let's look at what baptism actually is. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. The act of baptism is a picture of the death burial and resurrection of Jesus. And it is us identifying with our savior. That's why the word baptized in Greek is baptizo, which means to fully immerse or to go down into the water. There's not a sprinkling or a dabbing of water on a baby's forehead or on a person's forehead. No, that's why infant baptism is not ever taught anywhere in the New Testament church. I mean, you just don't see it anywhere. It is not biblical. Now, for those of you who believe that baptism is required for salvation, 
there are two issues that you're kind of declaring by your belief. Number one, you are adding to the gospel and you're making it a works righteousness system. Sounds like Catholicism, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses. We got to work the work. Jesus did his part. I got to do my part and then I'm saved. Wrong. That is nowhere found in scripture. Number two, you're also saying that Jesus's death on the cross was not sufficient enough to purchase our salvation. <laughs> so we must add our obedience and our baptism and our works to what Jesus did, then we're saved. Oh, I get it. No, <laughs> that's wrong. Nowhere in scripture. Now let's look what the Bible actually says. Romans 5 verse 8. It says that Jesus's death alone paid for our sins. Now, how do we receive that payment? Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9. We receive that payment by Christ by faith alone. Okay, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Now, don't get me wrong. Baptism is commanded by Jesus and it is vital. It's a vital thing that we are to obey and follow after we're saved because a person is saved before baptism. They're not saved as a result of baptism. Now, I can I know some of you are going, but Jordan, aren't there some verses that really make it sound like baptism is required? There are a few. But when you study the whole counsel of God and these verses in context, you will realize the answer. Okay, so let's do that right now. Okay, and I want you to remember two things as we get going. That first of all, scripture interprets scripture and scripture will never, in, um, it will never contradict itself. Now, let's start with Romans 4, 5, just to have a running start. It's clear right there that faith is what is required, not works. Right there in Romans, it says, and Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. It's not about works. He was saved, not because, and he didn't even say, he didn't go get baptized. He didn't go do all these things. He believed, he put his faith in the Lord. Okay, so that's our foundation a little bit. Let's look at Acts 2.38. It says this, Peter said to them, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you notice that the only condition for being saved and for receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit is one word? Did you get that? Repent. That's what it is. Being baptized in this context was to show that repentance had taken place and you are now identifying with Christ. Now, let's give some historical little bit of context here. Because the Jews, those are the people that Peter was preaching to, they had rejected Jesus publicly. Remember, crucify him, crucify him, give us Barabbas. They wanted Jesus dead. So now he's saying, if you have truly repented, you put your faith in Jesus, you will come forward and publicly identify with him in baptism. That's what Peter is saying. Also, you have to see the word gift. Remember, he says you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is synonymous with being saved. The gift in Greek, that word is dorea, which means a free gift, unmerited, and for nothing with no cause and no condition. That means that salvation, the free gift of the Holy Spirit, the free gift of salvation comes with no strings attached. You don't have to work for it. You can't earn it. It's a gift given by God. And please understand, that's how we're saved. Jesus told that to Nicodemus in John 3, 3 through 8. 
Just like we had nothing to do with our physical birth, we have nothing to do with our spiritual birth. Go to Acts 2 verse 41, so just three verses later. It says, so then those who received his word were baptized. Did you see that? They received the word. They put their trust in Christ. They believed the gospel, and then they were baptized. Okay, The salvation happened. They gave their hearts to the Lord. They put their trust in Christ, were saved, and then they were baptized. Also, please note one thing. Did you notice in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, there is no mention of faith. You have to see this. I mean, if this verse is a description of what is necessary for salvation, then why is faith not mentioned? I mean, it's all throughout scripture about how we have to put our faith in Christ. Why is it missing? But he talks about baptism, but faith is omitted. Hmm. See, Peter's not teaching a formula for salvation, but for covenant obedience, which is why the next verse says that the promise is for their children as well. So it can't be salvation. Here's why. If it was for salvation, then he's saying, hey, if you're saved and you get saved today, then your children are automatically saved. But that's not what this verse is saying. Now let's move on to 1 Peter 3, verse 21. It says, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, this is the only verse that says that baptism saves, but the new the, the NIV translation has it wrong. It is a bad translation, unfortunately. A better translation is found in the NASB, which is the most literal word-for-word -word translation we have. It should say, and corresponding to that baptism now saves you. The key word in this section is the Greek antitupon. It means copy, type, corresponding to, a thing resembling another, its counterpart. Baptism is a representation or a copy or a type of something else. Peter says that it is not the application of water that saves. Okay, it washes away the dirt, but is a, it's the pledge of a good conscience. Therefore, hear this. Baptism here represents the breaking away of the old sinful life and the entrance into a new life with Christ. Okay, we have to see this. And please know that you need to remember that in Bible times, people often were baptized when they converted from one religion to another. And they wanted to make it known publicly that they had converted. So please understand this. Baptism was a means of making their conversion known to everybody. So it was the act of something already done. They converted, then they were baptized. Not they did both and then they were saved or converted or whatever it was, okay? Now, I want you to consider a few other things because this is important to our discussion and answering is baptism required for salvation? Number one, if it was necessary for salvation, why did Paul in 1 Corinthians 1.14 say, I am thankful that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius? And then in three verses later, Paul says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel not with words of human wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. If you take both of these verses and kind of put them together, and you have the belief that baptism is necessary for salvation, then Paul is literally saying, I'm glad that most of you aren't saved. <laughs> what? No, 
That is insane. Said no verse ever. Paul would never, ever say that. Also, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Paul lays out the gospel. Why does he leave out baptism if it's required? I mean, think about it. If, if, if this is absolutely an essential part of salvation and he lays out the gospel, why does he omit and leave out baptism? Also, look at the thief on the cross. He turns to Jesus, remember me when you go to be in paradise. Jesus says to him in Luke 23, 43, today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus did not say, hey, you know what? Let me come get you down from the cross. Let's go over to that little pond over there. I'm gonna baptize you and then you're good. Not at all. That's not, you know, that's not even biblical. Now I want you to see these, let's just be logical really quickly. What if someone had a deathbed confession? They put their trust in Christ. They believed the gospel. They repented of their sin. The Lord saved them. The Lord totally changed their lives right there, changed their heart, gave them a new heart. And then they died. <gasps> they didn't get baptized. Oh no, they were so close. No, they are saved. We saw that in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, because salvation is by grace and received by faith alone, not our works. Please understand this. But I want to give you one more example. I'm, I love this. Many people have not seen this. And this is in Acts 10, verses 1 through 48. This is when Peter is baptizing Cornelius. So it says in Acts 10, verses uh, 44 through 46, that after Peter preached the gospel, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard it, so they were saved. Okay, that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, that's an act of salvation. We receive the Holy Spirit at the moment we are saved. But then watch this. Then Peter declared in Acts 10, 47. So after this, after the receiving of the Holy Spirit, after the salvation, look what Peter says. He says, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? <laughs> right there. Very, very clear in scripture, you guys. Peter makes it clear that baptism was the sign of their belief, not the cause of their belief. Now, please understand, I am not promoting or endorsing easy believism. That is nonsense. Just because you walked an aisle or you repeated some sinner's prayer, which isn't biblical, that you're saved. No. In James, it says the demons believe. So we know that easy believism is garbage theology. But I'm also condemning, okay, works righteousness, that we have to add our works to what Jesus did to be saved. Remember again, I'll say it yet again, Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That's it. So, in summation, baptism is merely an outward symbol of what Jesus has already done in our hearts and cannot, I repeat, it cannot save you or me or anyone. Salvation is a 100% work of God. It's a free gift of God, and it is all for the glory of God alone.